Come on, who's excited for week five of the Swipe Right series? We're talking about the life and death power of sex and romance. We've been spending these weeks talking about some of the big ideas from this book. And I hope that you're taking some time with maybe a small group of people or uh, a group from your church or just some friends or married couple or you're dating your boyfriend and girlfriend together. And, you know, maybe if you read it together by the end, one of you or both of you realize there's no more boyfriend, girlfriend situation. Who knows? I'm just playing. I did not write this book so that anybody would kiss dating goodbye. I wrote this book so that nobody would have to kiss their calling goodbye because God has so much he wants to do through you and we can't afford to take these areas that control so much of the outcome of our life and that is our heart frivolously. We need to live carefully and that's what we've been talking about. Uh, One of the real reasons that drove the book and of course this series as well is that people would understand just this, that, that we can prevent and treat sexual scars by careful living today. Listen, you can prevent them and you can treat them. And both of those things happen as we live carefully with a mind towards heaven, with with a mind towards Jesus, that we would, though we're living in this left, right world where people just think about what feels good and what are my friends doing and what do I want in this moment, what do my feelings say I should be doing, but that we would then pause and look up and live right, live right in God's sight. Then we could swipe right in this digital world where we're touching screens, we're making decisions, we're doing things, we're seeing things, we're going places that we would live uh, before uh, God and, and break that fourth wall and live knowing that he's always watching what we're doing. Now, up until this point, admittedly, our series, our focus of the series has been more on the prevention side than cure. And that's for good reason. They, they say an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And so we've, we've taken a lot of time to really focus on prevention because to that young generation, to those who haven't yet made these decisions, you know, it's easier to, to build a boy, to build a girl than it is to fix a man or to, to fix the woman. And so we've been, we've been skewing heavy on that prevention. And who's thankful that we get to call out a generation to strength and honor? Who's thankful that we get a, to really warn people of the consequences of of doing things in a way that is not how God said we should be doing them. And so, yeah, we've been doing that. But I imagine then that the, the nature of our plan of attack would, would lead itself to maybe a feeling of discouragement for many of us hearing these messages. Uh, I remember the, 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 the distinctly, I'll never forget, the little old Baptist lady uh, who grabbed my hand. And I've told this story before, I'll tell it again. She grabbed my hand after I had preached a message uh, around the swipe right theme. And she, she grabbed my hand afterwards and, and said, um, if I'd have heard this message 50 years ago, wow. you could have saved me 50 years of regret, wow. the 70-year-old woman. And I looked her in the eyes, and I told her what I'd tell you. Your life's not over yet. And you know what? Just because it would have been better doesn't mean it's too late now. And uh, the tension that I, that I had to really you know, keep in my heart the whole time. And I I could never reconcile it because the Bible never tells us to reconcile any tension that God's comfortable uh, leaving. It was true with the, through the eyes of a lion message that hurting with hope still hurts. And with this message, there's always going to be tension. And the tension is that it's always better to do things God's way. And yet God can always make a way where there is no way if he didn't do things his way. And so that that tension, the the temptation is to reconcile and say, well, hey, it's one and done, you know, and if if you have, if you blew it, that's that's that, sorry, that's the show. Or or to go all on the other side, well, since God can forgive, well, then what does it matter what we do? We can just sin all we want and ask for forgiveness later. But the tension is there because both things are true. It's always better to do things God's way 
But no matter where you are at today and how calcified the things feel in your life from not doing things like he wanted you to, the gospel forbids me from not speaking that life and that power and that forgiveness. Let me tell you something. In your heart today, if you feel a sadness and a regret, you feel a loneliness and an emptiness, you feel almost dead inside and hollow and somewhat numb because of what you've done, that if you could go back and speak to yourself in the past, you would not make a lot of decisions you've made. Well, I've got something to say to you today about the God who can make streams in the desert and paths through the wilderness and where you you're at. Because the same power that comes from God's word that speaks to us a word about prevention also has a lot to say about cure. Jesus never makes us choose just one. He's got prevention to offer. He's got cure to offer as well. So if you have a Bible, join me in two places, Galatians chapter 6, and then also Judges chapter 16. And if you have an app, you can kind of make your way to both of those spots and if you, if you don't even have a Bible or if you don't even own one, no worries at all. We're going to put the verses up on the screen for you in just a moment. Galatians chapter 6, we'll start with, and then I'll tell you a little story, and we'll jump into Judges chapter 16. Sound like a plan? Yeah. The title of my message is Magic Beans and the In-Betweens. Magic Beans and the In-Betweens. One of my favorite episodes of The Office is when, uh, is when Jim sells Dwight uh, magic beans, and, and, and Dwight's growing them, and he's so excited watering these beans, and then he leaves for the night, and, and Jim brings in full-grown plants, and, and that's how the episode ends. And you just only can imagine Dwight coming in in the morning and being so excited about what his magic beans have led to and finding these things and just really being excited to climb up the beanstalk. And, in Galatians chapter 6 is where we're going to start, where God's word tells us, and let us not, someone say, let us not, let us not. grow weary while doing good, Amen. for in due season, someone say due season. due season, we shall reap if, there's a qualifier, if we do not lose heart. Father, speak to us. Thank you so much for what the first four installments of this series have meant to us, what we've seen you do. And we ask just that you would speak to us in a powerful way, God. We're not interested in church as usual or just another Bible study. We want to meet with God. And we ask for that to happen through the power of your Holy Spirit. Above all things, we ask for salvation, that at every single um, Fresh Life church location, every church joining in, anybody just watching on the internet, church online, however you're hearing this, on the television, we just pray that right now you'd have a God moment. I pray that everything that's led up till now could just be changed in a moment of time as you're set onto a brand new trajectory in the name of Jesus. Salvation, we pray for healing, we pray for redemption, pray for reconciliation. We're just trusting you for, for something new, Jesus. Just like you spoke the word, let there be light, and there was. You said, you said let there be land, there was. You, you spoke the universe into existence. We now ask for that same creative power to speak something new inside of each of us. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Had the chance to visit China a few years back, and I'll never forget walking down the streets of Shanghai, especially at night, but it would happen in the daytime too. People would kind of slither up beside you. I mean, there's a lot of people everywhere billion people in China, and uh, you're, you're, I mean, there's cities of 100 million people you've never heard of. It's just crazy how many people are in China, and uh, India, same way. And so you, I, was, I was walking down the street, and uh, you just be just mind your own business, just 
kind of taken to the side. It's kind of, you know, a little bit blurry-eyed because of the jet lag. And then all of a sudden, you'd, you'd sense someone like right there. And then you'd hear in your ear, the words whispered, sexy massage. <laughs> it's like, excuse me, do I know you? <laughs> Uh, sexy massage, they would repeat with their eyebrows going up. It could be, could be a guy, could be a girl. Sexy massage? You like sexy massage? And there were massage places everywhere, but I had never heard of a sexy massage. I mean, uh, they, were, they were being offered all the time. You could not walk around the streets at night without being offered probably a dozen times to have a sexy massage. And uh, I, I guess in American culture, that would be the, the seedy massage parlor that offers the, the happy ending to the experience. But, but this was, they, were, they weren't being, using code at all. They were like, you want a sexual massage? And, um, and every time I said the same thing, no, I actually would not like that at all. Um, uh, no. And I made it a point to not walk the streets of Shanghai alone. I always has someone there with me. Uh, but, but I was talking to one of the guides who had facilitated the trip, and we, we were doing some different things with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and some of the Christian uh, pastors there and some different meetings and stuff that was happening. And I, I asked someone, I said, what's the deal with the sexy massage? He goes, oh, man, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a honey trap. That's a honey trap. And uh, I said, you got to explain, because I, really, I don't really know. I mean, I know I've heard the phrase before. I know in spy movies, the hot girl at the bar that you know, seduces the guy, then he passes out and wakes up in the bathtub with no kidneys. Like, I've heard, <laughs> I've heard of it like that, but what do, you, what do you mean specifically? And he said, well, here's what will happen. Not every time, but this has been known to happen. Prostitution is illegal in China, and what they're offering you is essentially, is essentially prostitution. It's sex for money. And so um, what, what, what will happen is halfway through uh, your sexy massage, all of a sudden, a door will open that you didn't know was there and a bunch of guys will burst into the room and uh, they'll have recorded the experience and basically blackmail you. They'll say, hey, this is what you've done illegal and um, we are going to report you unless you walk with us right now to an ATM machine and they relieve you of a whole lot of money. And uh, of course, then, you know, married businessman is a difficult choice to make. You know, do I, do I let this happen or do I explain to my wife or do I go to a Chinese prison and never see my family again? And, and I said, that does sound, in fact, like a trap. And as, I, as he was telling me about this, I could not help but think about someone in scripture named Samson. Because Samson, man, he fell for a honey trap named Delilah, if there ever was one. And, uh, you know, what he got out of the experience and, and what he traded for, for just a little bit of pleasure that was so short-lived, it just could not help make me just feel a sickening sensation in my stomach thinking about how often this plays out. If you don't know Samson, I mean, this is for sure one of the more known stories in the Bible, Samson and Delilah. This is this guy who, he, he was so strong, and God just gave him the supernatural strength, and it came from the Lord from his youngest days. He had this oath that he wouldn't taste alcohol or touch anything that was dead, and so it was a Nazarite vow on his life, and, and, and as a symbol of his dedication to God, he was supposed to let his hair grow and never let a razor touch it, and so he had this long hair, and he was supposed to just be a, a person with a, a heart abandoned, just a heart completely given over to God. Um, and, and as such, the incredible strength God caused him to have, he, he, he couldn't be taken out on the battlefield for anything. Nobody could take him out. He'd go up against, didn't matter how many guys would attack him, 10, 20, 50, 100, didn't matter how many came up against him, and he'd be able to wipe them out. Uh, but the devil just changed up his strategy. You see, because if, if the enemy can't take you out of God's hand uh, on the battlefield, he'll do it in the bedroom. And uh, he'll, do, he'll, he'll shift it up. He'll do it in the boardroom. He'll get you to compromise one way. And if that doesn't work, another way. He's like, he's like uh, you know, sort of just we'll, we'll keep uh, 
testing for decayed wood, like a woodpecker. Just, nope, not over here. Okay, we'll go over here. He's looking for a soft spot. And that's why the Bible says we must not be ignorant of Satan's devices. Because he'll, if the lust of the flesh doesn't work, he'll go to the lust of the eyes. If the lust of the eyes doesn't work, he'll go to the pride of life. And the moment we think we're strong, because one area is shored up, I'm so strong on the battlefield, then, then it's, he's, he's getting ready to come at us from a different angle. And that's what happened in Samson's case. And well, we're going to jump in in Judges 16. We're going to see him just towards the end of, of things where it says this, Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. In this way, she began to bring him down and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I'm super strong. I'm good. I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. And you can't help feel just a palpable sense of Samson's despair. And maybe you're here this weekend and in some way, small or large, you can relate to Samson. Was it the sacrifice of your mom and dad that got you into school and you squandered it when you got kicked out? Was it you running out on your husband or wife and the affair being exposed eventually? that caused your family, your home life that you loved and appreciated so much to just all of a sudden seem like it was about to go up in thin air? Was it the drug addiction that caused your family to no longer be able to trust you or trust anything or believe anything that came out of your mouth? Or the decision you made in the moment over here that ended up with an STD over there or pregnant at 15 over here? I don't know what it was for you. I don't know what you've gone through that makes you feel today like there's no hope for you. And especially as we spend these weeks talking about what God's plan for sex looks like and what these days could look like and God intended for them to look like originally, all that you feel like is, is like Samson here in this moment. You've given up so much in exchange for so little. You've traded things that were ultimate for stuff that was instant. You, you cared more about feeling good over here than, than used forever by God over here in this area. And as you stand here betrayed, wanting a refund on the sin, wanting, wanting to take back things that you can't take back, maybe you just feel like you're, 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 you're damaged goods. Who could want you now? How could God possibly use you now? You just feel filthy and you just feel like a hot mess. And you maybe could sink so low that you even feel like suicide would be a viable way out. Like there's just, there's no point for me. And, and if that's how you feel, then I want you to know good news for both Samson and good news for you, that hair that is cut can grow back again. And I just want to tell you that. And we see in verse 22, the most powerful statement to me that, that just fills my heart with hope as, 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 as I speak to you now, that drove me as I wrote Swipe Right. It says in God's word, but before long, his hair began to grow back. 
And I want you to know that as long as your heart beats in your chest, there remains hope of a brighter tomorrow. The cross of Jesus Christ can overwhelm the darkest day, the darkest thing, the darkest stain. I want you to understand that as, as long as it's called today, you can still choose to wake up. You can still choose to look up. You can choose to live up. God's not done with you. He's not, he's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He has plans for you. He declares them over you. He loves you. He sees you. You're not damaged goods. You're not too messed up. God specializes in redemption stories. And that's what I want to talk with you about for just a few moments. I believe with all my heart that in your situation, there can be forgiveness, there can be healing, there can even in some cases be a restoration and a trust once again. And even in those situations where there can't be ever one area that a consequence does remain, I want you to understand that even when consequences remain, God can use them for his kingdom, for his glory to the point you that eventually, you eventually will look back on those things and say what the devil meant for evil, God is using for good. And even those things where, like in Samson's case, his eyes did not grow back, but his hair did. I'm telling you that even if certain parts of your story, that, that, that you can't work at that career again, because you know you showed up intoxicated, you can't do this again, or, or maybe the marriage will end in divorce, or maybe it will take years and years for the kids to trust you. But I'm just gonna tell you that even when the consequences do remain, that God can bring greater praise out of your darkest days than you could ever imagine. And I just want you to cling to that. I just want you to believe that. One of, one of my most favorite quotes I've ever heard, I've ever come across, that I text to people all the time. I texted it to someone this very week in my life who made a decision, who, who for a moment on Delilah's lap gave up so much, gave up so much that God wanted to do in his life. And he felt betrayed. He felt sick to his stomach. And I texted this to him just like I speak it to you. It's from my friend Max Lucado, who I'm so honored, uh, that was, was willing to endorse Swipe Right and just commend it to his audience, which is vast, he said this. <laughs> he said, you'll get through this. And I'm speaking this over you now. It won't be painless. It won't be quick. But God will use this mess for good. Don't be foolish or naive, but don't despair either. With God's help, I'm preaching to somebody, you'll get through this. You'll get through this. You'll get through this. Don't believe the lie that it's all over. Don't believe the lie that this mess can't ever be turned around. You can get through this. But what is it going to take? It's going to take you not growing weary. It's going to take you not losing heart. These are the two steps. At a place where it seems bleak, at a place where it seems impossible, Paul here to the Galatians and God, through his Holy Spirit, speaks this word to you. Right now where you're at, don't despair for sure. Don't lose heart. And don't grow weary doing good. Why not? Well, because seeds start small. That's our first of three takeaway truths this weekend. Seeds start small. I'm holding here a seed packet. And the seed packet I, I'm glad they're in a little envelope because if I just would have tried to keep some of these seeds in my pocket, I don't think I ever would have hung on to them. Seeds start small. Even the largest oak tree begins 
as a tiny seed, as a tiny acorn. Of course, those are a little bit bigger than these here, but these wildflower seeds, I mean, they are so little, and I have one that's a little bigger here, but it's still, it's so minuscule, and it's crazy to think what could come out of this. It's, it's tiny now, but it could become bigger later, and I think I have one, yeah, there it is. There's a mustard seed. The mustard seed is the, the smallest, not, not the smallest, but one of the smallest seeds that exists. It's, it's, it's minuscule, but it grows to become one of the largest garden plants. And why did Jesus choose to use the mustard seed as a picture of faith? Because he knew that we need to know that faith can transform something tiny into something that's massive. But what does it take doing? Well, it takes some soil. And if you get some soil and you get that, that small seed that starts small, all seeds start small, eventually what is tiny today can become massive down the road. And that's why we have to understand little things can become big for both good and for evil. For both good and for evil. We're talking about Samson, and we're talking about how Samson uh, eventually did something that, that cost him just about everything. He lost his eyes, and in the end, he, he loses his life. But, but what I love about learning from Old Testament characters is we can learn from both their pleasures and their pain. We can learn from their pitfalls and their, their, their magnificent days, their valleys and their mountaintops as well. And while it's easy to talk about Delilah, 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 man, that day with Delilah, that, that was it right there, I see this seeds of Samson's descent much sooner than that. I see it when he didn't catch the little foxes. Now, that's a funny thing to say about Samson because he actually did catch the little foxes, but <laughs> nerdy Bible joke for 500, Bob, right? <laughs> but but, but when, I, when, I, when I say that, I mean it like I used it last week in the fourth installment. The, the Bible says we got to catch the little foxes that can grow up into big problems because they eat the buds that will then prevent the harvest. And we're talking about a harvest. We're talking about things that we want to grow. And if we don't catch the little foxes, like Samson didn't catch the metaphorical foxes, though he did catch the physical foxes. Now I'm confusing even myself. <laughs> what am I talking about here? Do you remember the Nazarite vow that I told you about? Where Samson wasn't supposed to drink alcohol, and he wasn't supposed to touch anything that was dead. Now, to the best of our knowledge, we, 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 it seems like he, he did keep to those things, except you just see him flirting with danger. There's a day, the Bible says, he took a shortcut, and he walked through a vineyard. Now, let me just ask you a question. What is a guy who's not supposed to drink alcohol doing walking through a vineyard? That's like going to Hooters for the Wings. Like, there's, have you ever heard of Chili's? Right? Like, like, if you don't intend to be drinking, why would you be hanging out in a vineyard? You see him making unwise choices in a justifiable way. Well, I, could, I can be here. I just like to hang out in this bar. I'm not going to drink anything. I just like to hang out in here. But I'm, you, see, you start to see Samson basically like towing the edge where he's just getting as close as he can to it. Then another day came where the Bible says that, that Samson saw a dead lion that he had killed in a previous battle. And this dead lion, he got close enough to see that some bees had come and had made, uh, uh, what do they call it, a beehive? A beehive, it sounds so weird to say, a beehive. They made a beehive, but they did. And the beehive was in the dead lion. And, and Samson got close enough to see that there was honey and he was hungry enough to, to want to eat the honeycomb. So you know what he did? He took the honeycomb out and started eating it. Now my question is, how did he get it out? Well, maybe with a stick. What is he doing if not playing operation with something he does not want to ultimately do? He's getting so close. Like the nose on the line starts you know, buzzing every time he gets too close to it. But, but why would he be flirting with disaster like this? 
So he made small concessions. I see Samson's ultimate departure from God's plan for his life long before he ever met Delilah. It was when he didn't nip these little things in the bud. C.S. Lewis put it this way. He said, good and evil both increase at compound interest. That is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. The smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which a few months later, you may be able to go on to victories you never dreamed of. And apparently trivial indulgence in lust or lions or vineyards or anger today is the loss of a ridge a railway line or bridgehead from which the enemy may launch an attack otherwise impossible. Think of it this way. The devil isn't playing checkers. He's playing chess. He always sees what he's doing in our life that's small as leading to something bigger. He knows once you said yes to this, it'll be harder for you to say no to this because he will go, but you did that. And he's captured this beachhead so he can attack up the hill. He's always trying to get the high ground in our life. But not just evil is this way, good is this way too. If you're at a place right now where you've given up much of what God wants for your life, you might feel a little bit discouraged and a little bit hopeless because from where you sit, looking to where you believe God wants you to be and where you will one day be, you look at this tiny seed that represents the first step and you look at this far off vista that you, 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 you believe God could get you to or get you back to, and you just look at this and you go, this first step is nothing. It's, listen, it's so easy to despise the days of small things or to hate on humble beginnings. What is this first workout compared to how much weight I need to lose? What is this first credit card payment I can make now on the debt that eventually I, I wish to get out of that seems so massive? And even, even the amount I pay today in a month's time, the debt, is the, the, the interest rate's gonna take the amount I owe over what I'm paying right now. So it's literally not gonna work. And what we, what we make the mistake of doing is not planting anything because we don't think it could do something. And because it can't do everything, we don't do anything at all. But let me tell you something. Nothing can grow just sitting over here. It's not until, even though it's tiny, even though it seems minuscule, that we're willing to say, okay, no matter how tiny and pitiful it, it seems, I'm still gonna do what I need to do and add the soil and take that small step. Listen to me very carefully. Victory comes to those who can see past the seed. Yeah, come on, preaching better than you're listening. I'm telling you, it comes to those who can see past the seed to the harvest that is locked up inside. So take that first step. That's the first thing you need to know. Seeds start small. But secondly, jot this down, seeds grow slow. Seeds start small and they grow slow. And as you eventually start to see growth happening, again, you'll look at it and go, come on, wah, wah, that's disappointing. Wah, wah, where's my magic beans? Listen to me carefully. There are no magic beans. There's just faithfulness in the in-betweens. Faithfulness right here. This is where we need to focus. Between planting it and some life at all, though it's slow, the growing that happens doesn't happen because some magic bean was planted. It happens because you are faithful right here to not uproot it 
and to keep on every single day, adding to the water, getting the sunlight, adding to the water, getting the sunlight, adding to the water, getting, getting away the weeds, getting away the insects. It's, this is it right here. It's faithfulness in the in-betweens. That's not sexy, is it? It'd be so much better if I could say, just get this one podcast, three easy payments in 1999. You could listen to this backwards while you sleep. You could get a machine to no, no, it's a bunch of sit-ups and eating less than you eating less than you burn. That's it. That's how you get to fitness. It, how do you get to financial discipline? It's, it's spending less than you earn and socking away savings and being faithful and generous to tithe. These are the decisions that, that no one wants to make to get to the results that everybody craves. And so when, when you look at the dysfunction that you've brought into your relationships, you, when, you, when you look at the pain and the difficulty that right now is in your life, you look at the slowness of the growth and you're, what you'd be tempted to do is something that just is basically gonna take you right to here. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good, I'm good, no, it's great, it's great. I'm good over here. We want fast results, why? Because we've been spoiled by the microwave. So we just wanna go straight from this to this. Oh, that's life-like enough. I'm good. No, no, it's great. I'm great. I'm holy now. I'm, I'm like Jesus now. I gave 20 years to the devil, but I've been a Christian two weeks. I should see instant growth. We're the same steps that got you in are going to get you out. It's that, that faithfulness to do something over time. I mean, when you were not walking with Jesus, you were methodical about not walking with him, about the things that you were sowing for wickedness in your life. So it's going to take that faithfulness over time to eventually see that new growth as well. As well. So, so we live in this Amazon Prime world where we're hoping for drones to start bringing us packages because even two days seems like it's taking forever. And God doesn't work that way. God, God wants to cultivate patience and long-suffering and endurance. And if we're willing to commit and fight and, and stay planted, because you know what? The power comes from being planted. A potted plant is not powerful. You need to be planted in, 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 in good soil in that way. So we have to be willing to trust the process because seeds grow slow. I was watching a 60-minute special a while back with Bruno Mars, and uh, he, they were talking to him about the process. I mean, this guy is just ridiculous. He's been... Played the Super Bowl twice, Grammys, just millions and millions and millions. Listened to his song, so successful. All the success you could think about. And they were asking, they were kind of drilling down on a little bit, like, okay, so Uptown Funk. How long did it take you to write Uptown Funk? And you know what he said? An entire year. It took me one year of my life. One year of my entire life on that song. He said it was in the trash can 10 times. (laughs) 10 times we gave up, so that song's never, Uptown Funk, gonna give it to you. But he almost, it almost didn't. (laughs) Because he, he threw it away 10 times. So that song's never going to be good. That song's never going to get there. Let's scrap it and move on. But then something about it still spoke to him from the garbage can like a siren. And they went back and got it back out. So let's keep working. Let's keep going. Let's keep fighting. Let's keep, come on. There's something there. There's something there. There's something there. But it was slow growth. He was speaking to me so much because he was talking in his journey about how he was homeless at one point, lived out of his car. He talked about how his family growing up in Hawaii, they were so poor, they, 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 they basically were squatting on this like stone house in a, in a bird preserve and they, they had no bathroom and they went back there with the camera crew. Like, do you live here? There's not even a roof on anymore. The place had decayed and crumbled. And he said, yeah, it was amazing. We had one bed, we had no bathroom. But he was talking about these early days of believing in the music, starving artists in Los Angeles and all this. And, and then he said this and I just couldn't, I couldn't help but, 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 uh, but write it down. They asked him, like, what, what would you say led to you being as successful as you are right now? He said this. I'm not reading it from my Bible. I have it on a paper in my Bible. You're like, what? Bruno Mars is in your Bible? Yeah. He said, 
Success is this, it's being dedicated to a craft. It's spending thousands of hours in the studio getting it right. It's learning how to play different chords, teaching yourself to sing, then teaching yourself to sing better, and then fighting to get better and better and better. I'm telling you, that's what we're talking about here. It's that slow growth. It's doing the hard yards of walking with Jesus. It's waking up every day and making sure your heart gets the sunshine from God's presence. It's getting on your knees and praying. It's, it's memorizing verses. It's fasting. It's getting to your church and gathering together with God's people. It's being in a small group and letting people like iron sharpens iron get up in your face and say, this is holding you back. You have a temper problem. You're selfish over here. You're not honoring God over here. It's, all, it's opening yourself up to this slow growth. It's trusting the process. It's not having a need for instant gratification because that's what got us into this mess. And that's not going to get us out. We got to trust the process of walking with Jesus. The same things that would have prevented the sexual scars is what's going to treat them. It's that careful living every day. What does God require of me today? What does God want for me today? What does is, what is his will look like for me today? So seeds start small, they grow slow, but good news, church, eventually they sprout out. They start small, they grow slow. And I thought you were going to go nuts because that's, that's like the big, Ooh! we'll do it again. They start small, they grow slow, but hey, come on, they sprout out. If you don't grow weary, you will see a harvest if you don't lose heart. I just want you to believe. Here's, here's, here's the kind of application here because we don't despise the days of humble beginnings. They start small. We trust the process because seeds grow slow. Here's the thing on this one. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it when it sprouts out. It'll be worth it when you see what God had in inside that tiny seed from the very beginning, that he wasn't looking here. He wasn't looking to some. He was ultimately looking to the growth that he knows is possible. If you would just today not give up because it's not instant, not give up because it's not going to be a weekend, not give up because it's not a month. His favor is for a lifetime. And this might be when you're 60, and this might be when you're 70, and this this might be even beyond that, but you're fighting today for a future that God has for you. It'll be worth it. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Isaiah 60, verse 22. It says, in its time, I'll do it swiftly. In its time, I'll do it swiftly. It's not gonna be the quick fix, but in its time, it seems like it's taking forever, right? This in-between. We want magic beans. God says, just do the hard work in-between to get from here where we are to here where God wants for us. In its time, but then I'll do it quickly. In its time, but then I'll do it quickly. And isn't that how it is when it comes to growing stuff? For, for the longest time, nothing's happening. You just look at nothing's happening. And then if you do see anything, it's just this, this tiny little thing. But then you, just when you almost even aren't even paying attention anymore, you're just doing what God wanted you to do. Next thing you know, you look out there like, when did the life happen? When did the growth happen? When did the healing happen? When did me becoming like Jesus happen? When did I start to experience this power and this vitality? When did I flourish? When did I grow? When did I become holy? It's when you weren't focusing on anything other than Jesus. It's when you were just waking up every day and saying, I want today to be a day where I'm a living sacrifice. 
I want to be to today to be a today. I can't control whether they forgive me. I can't control whether my kids take my calls. I can't, I can't control that. But you know what? I'm not going to mourn for what I've lost. I'm going to change the things I can. I'm going to strengthen the things that remain. I'm going to be faithful here. I'm going to grow some life here. I'm going to grow some fruit from the Holy Spirit right here. We have to come to a place where we're willing to beautify the in-betweens, to just do what we can with these spaces over here that seem like nothing's working. One of my favorite flowers is the Himalayan, listen to this, the Himalayan lily. The Himalayan lily, it starts out like an unassuming clump of leaves, rather like this. The only growth you get is this, and it stays here for five to seven years five to seven years and it seems you the same watering, same sunshine, but it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. But here's the beauty of the Himalayan lily. Here's the beauty of the Christian life. Progress isn't always visible. And not seeing isn't the same as not working because the Himalayan lily's got this genetic code that God put inside of it. And it sits seemingly dormant for five to seven years. But then all of a sudden, as though a bell had gone off, it jumps up to over three meters, 10 feet tall and starts to shoot out trumpet shaped flowers that are beautiful to anybody who sees them. And I just tell you right now, from where you sit there with your eyes poked out, with your hair shaved, believing for the impossible, just keep going. Just keep dreaming. Just keep fighting. It'll be worth it. You'll sprout out. God has a plan. There's a beautiful end at the end of your story. Just commit your life to Him. Come on, all of us praying. All of us praying. Thank you, Jesus, that just like the walls of Jericho, that didn't fall down in deliverance until there had been that complete obedience. They didn't fall down incrementally. There was a lot of days when it seemed like, what the heck? A lot of laps where it seemed like there wasn't working. I pray you would help us to have that kind of patience, to not grow weary, to not give up, knowing that what's happening under the ground in our hearts, what you're doing in our committing ourselves to the reconciliation that's possible because of Jesus, that's possible because of the gospel, both with God and best as, it, as much as it lies within us with other people. We're just believing for that harvest of righteousness. If as we're praying, every single Fresh Life Church location, every church joining us in, if in this moment as we're praying, some part of the Swipe Right series or some part of this message whether you've never had a boyfriend or girlfriend ever, you're 13, 14, 15, whatever, or, or you're 58, you've been married four times, you're, you're, you're going through a divorce right now. I don't care where you're at in your journey, but if as we're praying, if some part of God is, if some part of, the, of your life is being stirred by God, and you would wanna say, I wanna rise up in strength and honor, I wanna rise up in God's plans, could I just ask that you would stand up to your feet? Every single location, just, just stand up to your feet, just stand up to your feet in this prayer. You're either saying, I commit my future, I wanna, I wanna see this prevention happen, or you're saying, I need cure. And you know, the honest truth is, no matter whether we are in the first group or the second, we all need cure. We all sin every day. It's not one and done with, with God. It's this emphasis isn't V-card, did you give away your virginity? Yes, that's all great, save it for the marriage if you haven't yet, but, but at the same time, all of us fall in many ways. Our purity doesn't come from us, but from Him. So if you're just saying, I wanna rise up in honor, I wanna be a part of a generation that, 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 that stands for God's plans. I wanna see him flow through me. I'm gonna look for the eternal and the invisible and not just the temporary and the instantaneous. Rise up to your feet as a, as a, as a stand 
as a symbol of your standing up for God's plan, believing for his healing, believing for his change, believing for him to touch your life and to flow through your life. And let me pray for you. Father, I pray that you would give great grace to these. I pray that whether they feel like their, their life is full of a valley of dry bones right now, nothing alive, nothing possible, God, everywhere they look, it's just brokenness and addiction and sin and, and what the enemy has ravaged. And I just, I pray for every single heart, no matter what the condition of it, thanking you for those who are standing up, saying everything's been going good, I've been honoring God. Well, you commit to, you commit to keep fighting. You commit to a, a mentality of humility, knowing that the moment we think we, we're, we can never fall, God, that's where we're setting ourselves up for failure. So right now with every heart, believing this is going out to thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands, God, ultimately, we just believe the power of this moment as we look to you for you to bring about a redemption that even what the locusts have destroyed, God, would be returned to us and that we would commit, God, to the process. We would commit to walking with you through this world, knowing you've destined us for impact to reach the world. And we won't be able to if our spiritual vision has been taken from us and we're like Samson going around in circles in addiction and sin. So God, we commit our lives to you. We ask that you would help us to be, God, people whose hearts are abandoned to you, consecrated to you, Jesus. By the power of your spirit, we believe for healing. We believe for that reconciliation. We believe for revelation that would change everything about our lives. God, touch us and heal us and make us new and make us yours. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Hey, thank you so much for joining us for this teaching from the Swipe Right series. And if during that message, you made a decision to give your life to Christ, we just wanna say congratulations. And if you go to freshlife.church, you can go up and click the Know God tab, fill out the information there, and we would love to send you some resources that's got a Bible and some other stuff in it just to kind of help you in these next steps in that relationship. And if your life has been impacted in any way through Fresh Life, we would love to hear about it. So on that Know God tab, just click the Share Your Story link. Let us know what's been going on, and those stories are like jet fuel for our team here and for the Fresh Life family. If God has worked in your life through Fresh Life and you wanna partner with us financially, all you have to do is click the Give tab and you can fill out the information there and either set up recurring giving or uh, just give a one-time gift. Thank you so much for joining us for this message and we will see you next week.